and welcome to the HPM podcast. I am the color red, and I'm joined by Frank. Frank, how are you doing? Hello, Leon. I I mean, you've chosen the best color. What else can I choose? I'm gonna go with green. I'm the color green. It's the privilege of going first, Frank. That's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the hosting privilege, if you will. It is, and you know, red is the best color. Like, I, blue's fine, and I'm not a fan of yellow, but I'll take green. Green's a good color. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, at least it's uh, it summons feelings of uh, ecological friendliness. Precisely, that's what I'm going for. It doesn't have purple in it, so... Oh, yeah, it doesn't, which is a shame. And it is the game Gris, uh, G-R-I-S. Yes. All caps as well. Yeah, I think so. Which is always an interesting design choice, how you label your game, I suppose, but never mind that. Well, it is a video game, surprise, surprise. If you're hoping for finally an episode on a not video game, don't worry, is all I can say. Um, just hold out a little bit longer. <laughs> if you are not interested in video games and you're listening, thank you so much. That's that's so kind of you. But besides that, we are talking about this game, and I suggested this game thinking it was like a fun little indie game to with some with some people talking about it when on release. Mm-hmm. I recall people, I believe it was mentioned for... Uh, some game of the year stuff as well huh. not for the game of the year but like just getting some awards I believe for design and stuff yeah. it's, and because of that I thought it was an interesting choice to do an episode on it mainly because I have been busy with a bunch of other stuff so I was like okay a fun little indie game let's 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 pick that one Yeah. and I'm going to be honest with the audience right away I um, so the way this works let, let, let's, let's give you a peek behind the curtains we do pick the whatever the products we want to review uh, in advance so we can prepare for it. And, yes. And like, you know, build some insights or whatever or like things to talk about. Let's let's give it as broadly as that. <laughs> we, um, and because we want to do that, we have to pick it in advance and we can't necessarily, well, I guess we could change it last minute, but it's, uh, that would uh, that, that would invite or leave the door open for bunch of other stuff to go wrong as well, I would think. <laughs> but then again, I'm I'm slightly paranoid in that regard, so I don't know how serious you should take my opinion on it. But that, that all aside, there there wasn't as much to this game as I hoped. I thought it would play with more interesting themes, and it, it makes an effort at that. But I yeah. don't yeah I, I don't think there's a whole lot to say. Like I said to Frank, uh, God forbid we make a short episode for once. God forbid we make like a shorter, you know, easily to do, easily to crank out uh, episode for. Uh, as the one editing these, um, you know, I don't mind personally. I, uh, I, I maybe this is a good choice after all for, from that perspective. But, uh, yeah, everyone needs a break sometimes, as our month's episode also says. Yeah, as the uh, as the left page uh, also says. But as uh, as we the tradition we established, what uh, what have you been up to, uh, Frank? What uh, what kind of media are you consuming as the as the insatiable black hole media you are? Well, I, I kind of am. Uh, it, it's weird to think about in those terms, but I kind of am. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to uh, do that. No, it's all right. I, I, I'll, I'll take it in my stride, so to speak, because it's not that bad of a title. Uh, <laughs> but I, well, in the avoidance of actually writing my thesis, I'm doing that, but that that's hard. It takes a while. Um, I have been playing video games and uh, not watching too many things, but uh, 
also reading a lot. So I, I read some non-fiction stuff, some like critique, philosophy kind of stuff about literature, about from the, well, critic, thinker figure of Jacques Rancière. Uh, his The Margins of Fiction and the, the Sharing of the Sensible, and Sensible in terms of like that which we can perceive in terms of aesthetics and politics. It's, a, it's an interesting, this one is much shorter, but interesting reflections in terms of, you know, the role and the effects and the handlings of fiction and uh, politics and reality and history, because that ends up showing up, which is where I am. So that was fun. I have feverishly finished uh, A Memory Called Empire by Arcady Martin, which is a magnificent book. It's really funny because last episode, for the HBM, I talked about buying a memory called Empire. Yeah. And then, in quite an unorthodox fashion, Frank finished it way before me, which, <laughs> as far as finishing stuff, being it games, being it books, <laughs> goes, usually it's me finishing it way before Frank. Yeah. So, it's, um, don't get any ideas, Frank. That's all I'm saying. We'll see. Careful. Um, so. But yeah, like, we talking about it was like the trigger <laughs> for me to like, you know, maybe I should read this. I, it, it was on my list for a while. I really liked the cover. And I was like, I read, it's fairly long, read about half. And then, I don't know, Wednesday, I think. I was just like, oh, this, no, Thursday. Oh, this is really good. Oh, this is getting better. Oh my God, I need to finish it. And then I finished it, uh, which was over 200 pages. And uh, mm -hmm. of that half, I mean. Uh, and I loved it. Generally one of my favorite sci-fi books I've read in several years and I think it just does everything. It's great. So that was one thing. I also, just because, I have a the Maurice Leblanc's uh, Lupin short stories and novels have been relaunched in Brazil in the past couple of years in these beautiful pocket hardcover editions, which sounds like an antithesis. Yes, I know. Um, but they're still really pretty. And I, I bought, I bought, well, I have bought all that have launched so far. And I was, well, there are six. I had read two. So I read the third one, which is the first actual novel, which is The Hollow Needle. Really interesting. And uh, it, it, it does a lot of things that were made into tropes later. Um, or it, it either created them or, or was one of the first to do that. And I'm not going to say more because it's a they're massive fucking spoilers, but really good novel. Um, it has one thing which, yeah, I, I think has a problem, but it's really good. It's quite fun uh, and amusing. And and there's the Memory Code Empire, which I think is it just sci-fi that does absolutely everything and is aware of everything that it's doing. Again, it's got five hundred, almost five hundred pages to do all that, so I get it. But still, there's all that. And finally, um, where. While everyone else is playing God of War Ragnarok and stuff, I'm playing the real stuff that also came out last week, um, which is... Sonic Adventures? Uh, no, uh, it's Shadows Over <laughs> Loathing, <laughs> uh, okay. which is a weird, hilarious 2D RPG thing, sequel to West of Loathing. Uh, I say sequel, but they're just... Uh, they're very different games, even mechanically, and, you know... Spiritual successors. Well, they're the same kind of vibe. Because uh, they had a first okay. <laughs> one, which was like an online thing, which I think is still up, which is Kingdom of Loathing. So, you know, medieval fantasy stuff, 
then West of Loathing, Cowboy and, you know, Western stuff, and then Shadows Over Loathing, so now Cosmic Horror. I will note, Cosmic Horror was also present in West of Loathing, now it's just taking a larger role, which I do appreciate. Uh, it's really funny, it's really good. So it's a 2D, to give you an idea, in West of Loathing it's a 2D game, uh, it's flat, it's black and white, and um, there's a colorblind option in West of Loathing, and the tooltip says, you'll never know. Because you don't. You, you won't know. It's black and white. You won't know if it is colorblind or not. Because it's not. Um, but it is it. So, you know. And this one has a invert uh, Y uh, axis, which basically turns the game upside down. Because of course it does. Oh. Again, 2D game. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, it's magnificent. I, I love it a bit. It's, it's very solid mechanically. It's got a lot of interesting... That kind of RPG that a lot of people enjoy in terms of like New Vegas of dialogue options and stat checks, that kind of thing. It does a lot of that with environment exploration and just a lot of stupid, funny fucking jokes. Um, they're magnificent. I, I really like this game. Yeah, I, from what I've seen of it, it has a very solid sense of its own aesthetics, if, yeah. I, if I'm allowed to be pretentious. <laughs> it really knows how it wants to depict a certain way and how... He, it's it literally sketches because you know, once again it's very drawn style I believe, yeah. of animation and uh, it wants to sketch like how one can interact with the world and then establishes that and then proceeds to play with that I, from what I've heard and from what I've seen and I do think that's uh, always a fun thing when, when a video game manages to do that I like it when anything really but uh, video games know what they want to be yeah, and how to operate within these uh, bounder, uh, boundaries that they set for themselves. And there are so many ways that you can do that. And I think, once again, of course, space is one of the main things, especially with video games, to do that. Because it is so directly interwoven in your interaction yeah. with video games, which is often physical. <laughs> you often give the input to move a certain direction, do a certain action. And only with some games, you pick dialogue lines and so forth and so on. That does sound interesting, and we might probably have to do an episode on it if you feel that strongly about it. I mean, so. I give it a shot. Give that or West of Loathing a shot. Um, West of Loathing is mechanically quite a lot more elaborate um, because no one's going to care about this other than me, so feel free to cut this if it's too much. Um, Never. But uh, in, in Shadows of Loathing, like in West of Loathing, you have three major stats which are moxie, mysticality, and muscle. But in oh. West of Loathing, you have like three associate stats, one connected to each. So it's a lot more things to juggle. There are a lot of different like other effects and level ups are, are much more detailed. Whereas in this one, they're more, it's a lot more like focus, like XP serves to upgrade certain skills and perks or to choose a, from a specific selection. It's... Um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm really liking it. Like the, the systems are similar. It's like a turn-based RPG thing, but with a lot of variables and a lot of different things. It's they're both pretty great games and pretty unique, both in their aesthetic, their humor, their references, and just uh, even mechanically in what how deep they go or like dialing back in certain things to continue others. Um, to give you an idea, this game has a well, also has a related achievement, but like a pacifist mode, um, where it doesn't change anything, but like it stops you from 
doing things and certain options that lead to actual combat. So you need to actually solve other puzzles and find other solutions to progress in the story and the various missions and challenges. And at times that can also mean to not have a um, certain bonuses and skills, but you're also not fighting. So, you know, and that's something you can turn off in, a, in the options menu, but it's just interesting in terms of like, yeah, you can do the combat, you can do these things, but you can also like just investigate the puzzles and talk and use this, your stats and skills. And that's really cool and interesting. And it even has multiple endings like the previous ones also have. In a very like follow New Vegas style of, you know, you did X, Y, and Z with these different things and these will lead to other different endings, like ending subsets, if that makes any sense, other than a major yeah. ending, uh, which is cool. A different slideshow at the end. <laughs> it, it, exactly. And uh, in West of Loathing, at least, it very much was. Sounds interesting. So that's me selling this game. I'm not being paid either. <laughs> oh, and I we have one be. more game to mention, if, if this isn't too much. Of course, go on. Oh god, I, I just looked at the time, uh, but um, I, uh, I I got a free game on like a raffle thing, uh, which was uh, the Artist's Life Simulator. Um, uh-huh. It's not what you think, it's similar to Cultist Simulator, and it's like a card game and it's got timers and you, you keep doing these certain actions and things. It's interesting, it's a game still on early access, there's a lot of potential, and it's got its own identity. But also, it also feels a lot more random, and uh, it deals with certain. I'm not. Gonna, it's not themes because it sounds like, like themes given the gravity, but just how it perceives and portrays certain things. You know, on XCOM, when there's like, oh, 60% shot. Yeah, I can make it. You miss it five out of twenty times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, do I know that? Oh, do I know that? Yeah. So it's like a 25% chance of you doing something which actually feels like a 5% chance, and I'm like, I don't show, know if I believe you or not. Which, I, uh, yeah, it's... I wouldn't even go as far as saying 75% chance, as calm is like, ooh, I don't know about that, like 3 or 4. <laughs> that's true. Um... Anyway, okay, that's my media corner extra for today. You can clearly see how I'm putting off the writing. Well, I have been writing, <laughs> but still, it's, uh, I've also been doing a lot of other things. That's good. I, I mean, it never hurts, I would say. But, um, True. But yeah, as for me, um, I have been playing the the, uh, hey. the game of the recent, um, of our, at the time of recording, the hypiest game, the uh, great renowned sequel to Dad of Boy. He sure still is a dad of a boy. I'll say that much. Does he still say boy a lot? Actually, less so. I think they... The, the meme killed it, killed that momentum a little bit uh, too much. I mean, I would add that uh, story-wise, it would make sense that he wouldn't. Yeah, no, he's in, there's a couple of years passed from the last one. Oh yeah, I guess if you want to be if you want to be difficult about this, uh, <laughs> micro spoilers for God of War just eighteen and micro spoilers for God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, there there you go. Uh, <laughs> me being oddly courteous. Yeah, no, it's it's it leaves off it leaves off a couple of years after, mm-hmm. and their relationship is still a bit rough. And once again, I will say I will um, was we definitely like I said, I God of War 2018 was one of the first suggestions 
of uh, are we going to do an episode on this and uh, or, or what are we going to do episodes on on the HPM podcast and I definitely put forth uh, as like well even if I have to do it alone I'm definitely going to talk about um, God of War but but Frank very cleverly suggested Hades first and I was like oh yeah no um, bunch of the stuff that I want to say about God of War ironically also makes sense for Hades that's true so I was like well let's <laughs> yeah right so it's um it has two very glaring sim- similarities, mainly daddy issues in mythology. So I was hey. like, "Well, can't can't do daddy issues in mythology so fat uh, so quickly again." So probably gonna wait for next year and talk about both Ragnarok and the original one. Yeah, whenever I get around to buying it. Also, also, and Frank finally does me the courtesy of the nice kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, but yeah, no. Um, I say both, but there will probably be a chorus situation where I'm like, no, I'm thinking we're going to do it in one episode, probably going to end up being both episodes, or two episodes. Quite possibly. There. Quite possibly. So yeah, I, I've been enjoying my time with it once again. I, uh, I've i been playing it quite a bit. It's not quite sure where to begin because I don't want to spoil anything, but it's more of this, If you let me just say this, if you like 2018 God of War, you will like this, period. I do think that, and this is maybe this is this is going to be like a more meta discussion about media in general, <laughs> but and, and and just going to use God uh, God for Christ, <laughs> going to use God of War as a jumping off point, but it's always interesting to see uh, trilogies and sequels and how what do we give in those parts? How do we summarize the story in total? Do you have a vision from beginning to end? In case of the recent Star Wars sequel trilogy, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> and you see the disastrous effect that can happen, uh, you know, with a lack of vision. I do think vision is quite important. Yeah. And it, it, like it doesn't. It shows that no matter how strong your sense of aestheticism or visual uh, effects is, you do need vision at the end of the day. And that vision can be as simple as all that. Talking about a very simple vision, uh, God of War 2018. The, which mainly deals with a father trying not to be shit, yeah. and the father himself have a dealing with his trauma, and it always there's this, there's this like kind of joke about what are you gonna do as a parent? Deal with your traumatic issues or pass it on double to your children? It's like <laughs> say no, and the next one get two, um, like that kind of joke. And usually, uh, it's the latter one. But um, in all seriousness, it's it that is very well treaded ground, and that's not a downside or a negative thing in any way shape or form I think uh, well tried ground with a very interesting especially within video games for that matter because once again you have this whole sense of interactivity that just enhances whatever story there is because once again at the end of the day a lot of people don't play a game for story or whatever it's 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 the it's the very basic chemical reaction of I press button I feel good um, as banal as that sounds, that that is, I think what a lot of people, um, well, you at least have to have that covered. I would say. I mean, if you think of like the success of Vampire Survivors and Vampire Survivors esque games, where it's very much like, yes, number go up, kill more. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's just I do I do acknowledge that there are a bunch of people who just want like stories, and I do believe them when they say that. Yeah. It's just a lot of people are like, oh, we just want good, good stories, great stories. And I'm like, 
Okay, so what game do you like? Uh, Fallout 3 and Skyrim. I was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just, just come on now. <laughs> but, uh, okay, I shouldn't say. I mean, if you said, like, uh, what remains of Edith Finch, like, okay, yeah, now right? we're talking. Well, thank you, but I'm sorry that was a little bit too mean-spirited, but I do think... I, mean, I talked about a little bit of, about Fallout 3 and what I think about it Yeah. Um, in one of the previous episodes. I think it was Coder 1 episode? Not quite sure. But I'm um, already losing track of it. Okay. Uh, only three episodes in, but oh well. Um, <laughs> but besides that, it is, it's, it's interesting to see, like, oh, I want great stories, I want great narratives, and like, well, I, I think Fallout 3 and Skyrim... Um, provide a great sense of sensationalism mm-hmm. uh, once again uh, we, we also we already talked a little bit about uh, this in a previous episode mainly on how do you treat your protagonist and uh, the protagonist in like Coder 2 being like well we don't like you nobody <laughs> likes you quite frankly which I thought was such a refreshing take I like that about <laughs> The Witcher 3 as well Yeah, which that people just don't like you as a, as a, as a person generally they, they they fear you maybe but they don't like you <laughs> and it's it's just it's, that's such a refreshing take from the Bethesda Bioware dynamic uh, where you are usually amazing and you're great and you're the chosen one the herald blah blah and stuff like that but once again we talked about that before so we'll, we'll <laughs> keep that short it's just I'm, I'm sure there are some interesting narrative stuff if you know all the lore in of the Elder Scrolls which is quite extensive I believe um, so if you care about like your lore-rich fantasy worlds, I can understand the freedom that Skyrim gives you to interact with all these points and all these things. That that feels like a great story, but I feel that those are just maybe Skyrim should be seen as a collection of short stories that is just interesting instead of yeah. the world. And <laughs> kind of like the Witcher books, the first uh, first couple of, like uh, Last Wish and Sword of Destiny. It's it's uh, these these encounters this one person has with different parts of the world. Yeah, and it's um, well that, that might be interesting. Once again, I don't. For me, it has to be the other way around. I cannot care about the lore if I don't have something else to focus on first. Mm-hmm. Once again, I don't mind doing my due diligence with learning about the world and like like reading all the stuff that is that is out there. But I do need something else first to focus on. Yeah, I mean, and... reading all the books in Skyrim, unless you're seriously involved, is like, yeah, that's a bit too much. I mean, it's, it's more like looking at what all the previous games were about and, like, reading, like, wiki stuff or yeah. whatever. It's I don't mind doing that. Not the in-game books so much as, uh, <laughs> as the uh, actual documents that this game is based off. Mm-hmm. And they go all the way back to, like, it's... Uh, is original release on like Daggerfall or something? I don't know. I don't want. I don't remember what the first one was. Oh, this. Uh, but, um, Elder Scrolls Arena. No, there's the Arena one, indeed. What is the? Yeah. We. We're, uh, we're getting a bit sidetracked. Yeah. Sorry. That's that's that's. <laughs> sorry. Uh, so speaking <laughs> about other games and what games are or aren't, what is Gris? What genre yeah, is um, it? If that makes any sense. It is a side scroller, I think, in many ways, uh, shape or forms. It's like a, it, it involves some platforming. It uh, doesn't have any <laughs> doesn't have any combat mechanics, I think. But it's um, yeah, it's which is fine, by the way. It doesn't oh yeah. Need to. But um, yeah, it's 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 a very 
aesthetically focused game, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah. It's very concerned with its own visuals, which is not a bad thing. No, no. Uh, especially not from an indie game. I do think that is definitely one of those things that indie games manage to... Like, one of those things that you can definitely say in favor of indie games, like their understanding and appreciation of their own aesthetic. Yeah. We kind of, or, <laughs> inadvertently, we already talked about this early on, but it's, it, it is a good thing, I think, for a lot of indie games because you have to focus on what you want to do with the limited budget that you have, which is, once again, one of those defining uh, characteristics of a indie production. Uh, if you have a lot of money, you probably will be seen as a AAA game, what is and isn't a triple A game doesn't have, in my humble opinion, permeable borders. Yeah. Maybe on the distinction we can do, uh, we might talk about it a little bit more on an episode. But um, because it is interesting why we would call a thing a triple A game as it is called and what is the history behind that. But never mind that for now. Um, I do think this game tries to do a lot of interesting stuff yeah as professional as that sounds uh <laughs> interesting stuff with its own aesthetic and it is very cohesive i will say yes. that that much yes. for it it's very uh, we made a joke in the beginning about hey i'm the color this i'm color that and you move through the game quite linearly and you unlock colors and these colors are released into the world and they give the world color again it's that's kind of the progression yeah that the game offers you the game doesn't tell you anything it doesn't have dialogue. Well, it doesn't have. It has like the prompts of like press some, press this button to do that. Yeah, but it, it doesn't talk to you in any no, meaningful no. way. It's, There's no dialogue. Um, it, it it drops you like like a lot of indie games do and should keep doing in my opinion. It just drops you in there like okay, well there you go, go. This the no long intro sequel pre uh no a sequel, no long intro sequence uh, is what I try to say. That is required for this, and just just goes, and I do think that's uh, as someone with ADHD, I do kind of like that. Not gonna lie, uh, <laughs> like when games do that, just go, just let's start the game. And even though a bunch of my favorite games do not do this, I'm kind of a hypocrite when I say that, <laughs> or contradictory. But um, the God of War game does that, so that's that's something. Even though not at high pace, but oh well, it's um. But Gris is. Like I said, I, I thought it was very interesting because of its dedication to its art style yes. and its aesthetics and so forth. And sound design, too, we should mention. And Yes, definitely. And its sound design and beefing all these things together, like, ooh, this might be quite something. And it's not bad. I, no, no, I no. enjoyed this little adventure. Um, at the same time, I had hoped for something a bit more, a bit more um, how do we say this? Not rambunctious, but um, robust experience in some ways. Maybe. Yeah. Not the right word per se, but it's it's the, the I had hoped there would be something more to it in certain aspects, and it is just like I said, it is just the aesthetic, for me at least. If you got something else out of it, yeah, I, I, all power to you. <laughs> Not you, Frank, but our audience. Oh yeah. Also you, if you want. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean for me I think I had a very similar experience because I mean uh some friends had recommended this like a while back and I was Same. like yeah, no this looks looks good. It's interesting. Okay, I'll check it out eventually. So when you mentioned it, it's like, yep, yeah, sounds good. Sounds like a, a a good game to finally check out. And I liked it, but <laughs> 
they think, I don't know, story-wise of the story that is trying to interpret it, 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 uh, it being very, you know, symbolic and codified and, you know, you bring color back and, uh, you know, uh, likely an experience of grief or something. Um, it, uh, it struck me as very, you know, I don't know, not, not very... I'm not gonna say subtle, but it's just like, yeah, this this is what it is, and it's like, yep, yeah, of course it is. Um, so it's like, okay, this again, fine. Uh, so I wasn't particularly, I don't know, impressed. It's not exactly the word, but I think you you know you see what I'm getting at. It didn't captivate you. As yes, much as you it, thought it precisely. Was. That's in terms of like the overall story. I was like, okay, so that was one thing. Uh, I was clearly impressed by the uh, graphical style because it's. It feels very much like um, like watercolor. Um, it, yes, it, it's indeed. really pretty. It's very well defined. Like the various areas, they have their own identities and like this level design. In terms of aesthetics, was really good. And again, the sound design accompanying that. However, <laughs> uh, mechanically speaking, um, I mean, I think that's why it's like, what genre is this game? Because like first glance it felt like okay i'm playing this this is probably a puzzler kind of thing so you know oh there's the wind pushing you back okay hide in the things you know we've done it's a video game we've done this a billion times um and i was like okay <laughs> but then it starts becoming a platformer uh and i i, I put yeah. it under these terms not just because you jump over and use platforms and use certain jumping skills but because and i, I came up with this uh, uh, so if you're gonna blame anyone for this, blame me. But it's not about solving a puzzle or, or figuring out a solution, but it's about the, its execution. It's like okay, in order to get there, I need to do X, Y, and Z. So for example, uh, let's take this from one of the levels, whereas you um, you, you need to use a, a, like a balloon that you release to, to go up, and then you you use it to. Uh, go across a, a particular crevice but if you climb because you drop down the balloon uh, from a further height or like you weigh it down more and you climb back up really quickly you can use that platform which will raise higher to access like a secret not very secret but an extra collectible thing and it's like okay I see that that's what I need to do and that's not necessarily difficult to figure out it's, it's quite clear but it's about the execution of like oh running jumping and getting there and in that regard it's a decent platformer it's okay um it's one of the after effects of you know having played celeste where it's really fucking difficult but it's also extremely precise and extremely clear and it's like this does that this does that this does that do it um and that's what the game asks you yeah to. so it very few games made me as angry playing it than Celeste, at least in the recent yeah, years. It's funny because Frank said that to me, and I I got it for uh, Celeste is included on like the PlayStation uh, subscription service mm -hmm. that I'm subscribed to, and I, I and Frank told me this, and I was like, Nah, I'm I'm sure I can do this. I'm sure it's not that hard. And Lord, it's it's difficult. Um, it's it's yes. not an easy game. Uh, so apologies for that. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, yeah, no. Um, it's definitely interesting what you said about the watercolors as well. Yeah. Because my problem with um, like moving towards this game is that 
these solutions are never difficult. No. And, but I do have some, uh, maybe this is very personal, I don't know. But I struggle a little bit with seeing them at times because sometimes you have to collect these little light bulbs. And these little light bulbs are like... Tiny. Once again, this doesn't make sense if you <laughs> if you haven't played the game. But they are very tiny and you have to like collect little things and moving around the platform. And it is they are tiny, but they are also white. And because they are white and the backdrop is always beige or like very light pink uh, like uh, salmon backdrop and like well that's not a great contrast now is it once again I don't find the spotting of the mechanic uh, the spotting of the thing that you have to collect very interesting I find getting to there interesting Yeah. like once again I need to see it and you have to make it difficult how to get there not to witness it or find out where it is ironically uh <laughs> God of War does this as well a little bit about like certain chests that you have to unlock and, mm. and you have to find the right uh, things to interact with. So the chest unlocks and I'm like, this is so boring. It's so boring. Well, it's, <laughs> it's similar just... to the ones in the first game where you had to break the runes. Yes, exactly the rune chests. Ah, right. Yeah, there's a, there's a those weren't room. necessarily fun. Yeah, it, but, but the problem is that those chests do give uh, health and uh, another stat upgrade, your two main bars, if you will, yeah. in your video game. Uh, that's where those chests unlock. And I'm like, ah, like, that's, that's the most important one. It's not like money or crafting materials. No, it's it's your it's your health bar. It's how many <laughs> hits you can take in combat. And combat is the main mechanic of that game, eventually. But it's not here or there. Um, that, besides all that, it is... Uh, Chris is of course very different because there there is only the progression there is nothing to be acquired there is nothing there is just the linear story which is once again well, uh, very indie well you say that but there are the extra collectibles that which okay. the achievements sure, but they don't uh, they don't interact with the game I believe in any way well from, from what I read because I was pretty annoyed uh, I was like I tried at one <laughs> level to like, get all of them and I couldn't and I was like yeah, I'm not trying anymore. Um, so I just ignored them. Uh, the game, well, not the game, but the bonus, the, the, the achievements called the mementos. And apparently, like, if you collect all of them, they give you, like, an extra bonus scene. Um, uh, oh. Yeah, which I don't like. <laughs> no, thank you for doing your due diligence. Well, I didn't see the scene. Um, I read about it. Oh. On Reddit. Um on Reddit, that's very brave of you. I wouldn't go there. <laughs> well, it's, it's useful for figuring out extreme video game niche stuff. It's like, okay, this specific game, oh, how do I do this? It's like, ah, it's on there. Because someone did it on there, or so on there, like you did. So, um, and I don't <laughs> like that, but we can talk about this in a second. But overall, like, yeah, the, these collectibles don't, don't say much. And again, I compared it to Celeste because you don't know what they do. It's like, you see these things, okay, I'm going to try and get them. And in this hub section where you go after you collect each color, um, the game sort of shows you like, oh, how many were there in that level? But it doesn't say any more. Like, I, I, I am a fan of minimalism, minimalist game design. I think that can be really good. It's like, okay, do this, go, do it. And you do it. But... There was also the problem of what happens then when, you know, you face a situation like this one, where it's like, okay, why would I collect these? It's like, okay, the game's selling me to, but it's 
it's almost counting on you as a gamer to like, yeah, this is the stuff that you need to collect. And it doesn't say anymore. Because on the other hand, the, you know, as I mentioned, it apparently gives a pretty great reward. But as like a story thing of like, oh, the character and, and the whole situation. But you don't know that unless you do it. Yeah. And you may not be encouraged to do it because it the mechanics aren't as precise or as well-structured as, you know, Celeste, uh, which is an unfair comparison. I know, I know, but, you know, for the sake uh, of that. And Celeste says, you can collect these uh, strawberries. They give no reward. They're really just bragging rights. And they're quite difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so do them at your own risk and pace. And, you know, you was like, oh, I can do this. And then it's like, no, I don't want to do these anymore. No, no, no. Uh, which is a trauma response. Yeah, I think that was mostly my point of like, there's, thinking about collectibles like that, it's like, what is their purpose? Why are they there? And how do they connect or not to the story and, and so on? Um, and that can vary a lot depending on game to game, type of game, etc. Like, uh, the example that comes to mind is in. Uh, Lucas Pope's Papers, Please, where if you do certain, mm. like, side missions, inverted commas, during the day, you get these special country coins. So, like, that's a collectible, but it's the result of certain interactions in the game, so it's it's almost like a, the collectible is after the fact, etc. So, uh, the, the, there's a discussion to be had over there, but in this game, it's... In its minimalism, it feels... all A lot of it feels out of context. Like, this is going to be cruel. Why are you doing any of the things that you're doing? What do they mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, it, on, and on the on the other hand, it feels quite obvious. And it's like, yeah, this is this experience, this experience of pain, the experience of grief, probably grief. And, uh, you know, the, the it's a weird way to find stuff out about a game. Um, but yeah. the, the achievements give some pretty big clues. It's like, oh... These achievements are called the five are uh, the five stage different stages of grief, huh? Yeah, it's it 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 communicates this idea of grief quite quite a bit. Yes, I will say like one, once again, its strong sense of aestheticism also derives from the backdrop. Yes, it's a two D game as well. We should say um, because once again, I try to communicate with calling it a side scroller, but it's fully two D and. Uh, even though you do kind of move back and forth from behind stuff, so it adds this, I guess, this perspective 3D element to it, but it is, you, you witness it as a 2D. Uh, well, I, I, I would add, because uh, I've thought about this a long time now, um, which is not to say that you haven't, but it's, it's not really, <laughs> I think it's solidly 2D because it's at most like, oh, you're behind this thing and that's it. Because um, there isn't yeah. like, you know, sometimes where games are like 2.5D or it's like, oh, the illusion yeah, of depth right. or, or a little bit more than that, but it's a 2D plane. It's like, yeah, no, this is solidly flat, even if there are these uh, sort of uh, covers in front or buildings in front sometimes. Yeah, no, definitely. That's what I was trying to get at. And But these buildings, it's interesting that you... <laughs> Just said that because that was that was what I was getting at. 
the uh, the whole world that you move through is it's a fallen world. It's a yeah. Well, the apocalypse probably already happened, and you do this thing, and I do, um, especially with indie games, do this. I do kind of like this, even though it might be a bit too. It might it might be a very risky thing to do as a game, but I do like this wide open canvas to speculate on if you will mm-hmm. um, especially because it's a short game it's just a small game it, it's uh, but once again this is what I mean with I wish it had stronger themes so we could project yeah. so my you know my imagination and my theories could seep into the crevices of what is presented here this visual uh, thing that you're representing or presenting to me what should I think about it and are you going to facilitate me thinking about it in meaningful ways? And, uh, uh, okay, well, the, in a way that it tries to do that, I mean, let me meet it halfway and say that it, the the world that we move through, once again, is it's all broken towers, uh, it's falling apart, there's big windstorms, like you said, the wind sometimes yeah. stops you. Um, you have to find a way across broken infrastructure, like broken bridge, and stuff like this and I do think Fallen once again I don't know if this is the right word for it but I do find Fallen Worlds quite interesting always there's always this a lingering sense of dramaticness to them I feel <laughs> um, like you know uh, like uh, the Ozymandias film the, the famous uh, overly quoted Ozymandias film that yeah. a lot of people misquote as well um, because they just say live on I'm Ozymandias and like oh boo fear me um, which is not the point of the poem. If you read the whole poem, uh, it's it's fine, by the way. But uh, a lot of people do use it correctly. It, it's it, it's that this idea of seeing like uh, two uh, legless trunks standing in the sand, and oh, what great thing must have been here once. And it, it, this idea of moving through a space like that always captivates me because once again, I think this might maybe uh, maybe you can tune in on this, but I think. As someone, as you and me, who both love history quite a bit, <laughs> it's always something that we spend time thinking about it. Like, oh, we we don't venerate it or any way, shape, or form, yeah. or fetishize it, dare I say. Um, which is sadly a thing you do have to specify because a lot of weird people who do like, who claim to like history, <sighs> talk about certain things in the past as. Well, we'll talk about that a lot of time, I think. <laughs> uh, maybe with someone who is very smart in history. Hey. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> You'll see next month. Who knows? Um, it's um, <laughs> <laughs> subtle. Who's who's a great history understander, as we call it professionally. Naturally. Um, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, um, so I think this is this is something that can captivate us both quite a bit. Yeah. It is this thing that was once there, and now you have to. Now you are alone, and you have to move through the ruins. It's so very, it's so very silent, um, in the beginning especially, and th- which leaves the player with like this. Hopefully, it leaves the player with some kind of contemplative mood. I guess the word is maybe the best word for it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I think like, you're right. A state of contemplation, and as it progresses through the game, this this gets well. <laughs> It gets colored in a little bit more, mm-hmm. in both a literal way and like an abstract way, and but ah, like oh okay, so are we gonna are we gonna get get to something meaningful? And 
it, it's a nice it's a nice ending I guess once again it's a nice experience but yeah I had hoped for maybe a little bit a little bit more it's it's difficult because I don't know exactly what I would have wanted so I know that mm-hmm. sounds a bit sounds a bit uh, lackluster and I'm sorry for that like once again I tried to say at the beginning like don't know if I have a lot to say about this game but uh, <laughs> we planned it in so here we go but I guess like something a bit more constructive or cohesive with its own themes maybe but that's uh, well I, I think I personally sorry go ahead go no no go ahead. no go ahead I think it's it's like we, we're getting back to that point like what are this game's themes other than you know an experience of suffering and pain it's like sure you, there's uh, finding color again and, and it's like okay but uh, is this whole world then metaphor isn't it like it's just is it a new start that comes <sighs> after grief like i think that's what it's trying to say yes but, but and that's worth saying it's just it doesn't say it in as a meaningful but it doesn't way, say I anything I, I like i think that's the point like yeah. it says oh it's an experience of pain sure then what then then what about this well what about this experience what about these other creatures and structures and things like it, it yeah but even if it's just the experience sorry um, no go real quick it's just even if it's the experience of pain it it doesn't once again you can especially indie games you can hyper focus on a singular experience a yes. singular feeling to explore in very in, in to great depth and a singular mechanic but even which is this the point a lot of the time y- yeah but even even if it's just a journey of pain yeah. or grief or what have you, I do think uh, I, I don't get that necessarily. Like I understand, I can see, I can both see it and not see it. Mm-hmm. As in, I see the, the your premise and I see how it's linked to what is presented in this game. At the same time, not to not to sound like a broken record, <laughs> but it, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel as meaningful as it could have been. Yeah. But once again, like I, I, I said earlier to Frank, uh, the thing that I do like about this game is that you have a sigh button <laughs> and that turns into something later on. Yeah. But you can just stand still and sigh and like go, <sighs> in like the ruins of the old world. And I do think that's that's a vibe. That's less that uh, relatable. That is. Um, as someone who lives in a country that might be underwater soon, I, that did feel uh, that did strike a core uh, at me, for me, but uh, it's just yeah. So yeah, mood. But uh, <laughs> other than that, it doesn't really. I don't know. It, it, like I said, I'm just gonna keep it at this. Like, I don't feel it was explored in a mean as as in a meaningful way as it could have been. Yeah, like for but me, I do I... think. Oh, sorry. One, one more sentence, don't worry. When uh, I do think that the talent that is on display by the development team definitely has the potential to do this. Yeah. I certainly think it, it alludes to a lot of different things, but I don't think it really pulls off any of them. Well, well maybe. No, right. that's a cruel thing to say. It doesn't <laughs> satisfy them, shall we say. Yeah. Um, because, like, yeah, the game has a narrative, so to speak, like your character overcoming these this black uh, void energy thing which is at first a bird then an eel for some reason like black birds get a bad rap but like okay and then an eel like eels also can get a bad rap in video games and stuff but like the i i like eels eels are really cool uh but okay yeah it's okay yeah it's interesting how we okay might have to do a different episode (laughs) Uh, uh, how certain creatures became like uh bad 
uh, like just you know like the spice like the snake we all know yeah but it's you know especially like blackbirds like how did that once again very very smart creatures as well by the yeah. way uh, the corvid creatures are amazingly uh, intricate <laughs> Be, uh, <laughs> and and we this this has been long overdue but to establish the long list of socialist animals uh crows and ravens are socialists they are are leftist people um maybe bitter anarchists as well but they they if a one crow or a raven hogs too much food or whatever it gets shunned by the other <laughs> ravens and it yeah, really they they get like ostracized <laughs> and so they are against wealth hoarding and they are pro redistribution of wealth so so far my very amateurish arguments for calling <laughs> for calling the corvid creatures uh, uh leftists but that's neither here nor there they also have like little funerals for each other <laughs> which is amazing um yeah. like this uh, elephant studies as well another another socialist animal but we will talk about that another time <laughs> it's um it's <laughs> it's it's really interesting to see uh well anyway doesn't matter <laughs> it's very interesting to why certain animals are conceived to be more evil than others yes. and eels as well eels have been pretty sure like one of the disney villains has eels as a uh, as a henchman uh I would think. that be the little mermaid i think so as well i ever recall these eels like being evil or some in, in some disney movie that's all it all, seems all familiar to me <laughs> Right. So anyway, but anyway, anyway. Was, sorry. It just it captivated me what you said about why certain animals are consi- uh, considered to be. Uh, I think it's very much like this sense of like oh, a void and emptiness, like called darker space, that that kind of vibe. Yeah. And you know, shadows and darkness. I think that's the lack of sight. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's definitely that kind of association which is at play here. I, I like. I like to think. Uh, quite likely. Um, yeah. So, like, you have this narrative, so to speak, where you encounter these different forms of this energy or this feeling, and at the end, you're—I'm I'm, going to say—you're kind of drowning in it, in it, literally, and then you're like, "Oh, your character overcomes it." But um, I think the reason for me why very little of it, well, like, e- even in terms of, like the buildings, the scenarios, or whatever, it's like there's nothing to stick to. Like, even you—you you don't have a name. Um, there's just this. You're this character who walks quite slowly, um, and it's sad. Your name is Jane Chris. I don't know why you are so confused about this. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> and and it's like, oh, what? Who are you? What's your relationship with any of this? Like, there's nothing. Well, there might be yeah. something, but we're given nothing. So it's like, so I, I'm fine trying to draw all these conclusions and a lot of other stuff, but like, I need something to latch onto something and i couldn't get it like i don't know i guess i latched on to like the the rock creatures in one of the other levels and like the the roots uh tree people but your character the world around you not that much um it just didn't i, I couldn't find any point where it's like yes i i get it or like oh no i i see it or like i connect like it's very i don't know I, I think it's a great game. It's very pretty. It's got a great soundtrack and a good sound design. And a generally good level design, save for one thing which we'll still mention. But, you know, I, I wanted to like this more, but I just don't. The the thing that strikes me, uh, the watercolors and but the way it, 
it tries to communicate things to you reminds me and I'm going to try to be careful with this because this is not at all a art form that I'm familiar with. <laughs> but it struck me a little bit as interpretive dance, as in, uh, well, you know, it, it sounds funny, but it's like this. Uh, and, and the beauty of that is that it is so open to meaning. But then when you look at like ballet, like certain moves mean certain things. And I've been told at least. <laughs> and uh, or within certain traditions, once again, it's not, it's probably not that univocal, but still certain things communicate certain messages and yeah uh they're still open to interpretation but you know if you're really into it you should know that this means that and i feel even though once again i'm saying this is this is interpretive dance but it feels a little bit like oh you drowning in the thing is is grief get it it's like yeah sure but you also like have like you said like you have all these other elements to it as well and like mm, i i don't feel if you were going for a singular univocal definition of this journey to to inadvertently mention a good game no it's kidding um it's uh this um this like you know this progression of this story if you want to have a, have a singular uh mono meaning uh a monomyth if you would okay um <laughs> in all seriousness it's it could have been such a tighter experience i feel then yeah if that's what you were going for about just just a singular uh univocal meaning of a story well then you could have done it in such a more interesting yeah. way i think or tighter or like concise is what i'm trying to say yeah no exactly and like i think the uh you mentioned this thing about dance like then i'd point you towards another game which is somewhat similar in terms of walking and whatever and that kind of feel which is bound <laughs> where you're literally dancing through situations and you uh, it has like the the colored uh, streamers things i don't know the exact word in english but like the the crisscrossy thing which you do the specific dancing thing I'm, i don't know the words but it's indicators I... maybe uh, okay. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. But yeah, like I, I couldn't. I think the thing is, I kept comparing this game to others where I felt like, yeah, this was maybe done better there. This other aspect was maybe done better there. And I think the game tries to do many different things and not always succeeds. I think it's it it should have focused one or the other. Like, oh, it's platformer, then platformer. Oh, it's puzzly, it's puzzly. Um, it's just about the walking and the experience, and that's what it is about. And it doesn't really nail any of them for me, at least. Yeah, which is too bad because I definitely see, like, once again, I do think that this team could have, like, made something a little bit more. Like, once again, I do see the uh, potential for talent. Oh yeah, more. no, like the the in, right? in terms of artistry and sound design, because it's not just the soundtrack, but the proper sound design of it. It's magnificent, and like, I mean, I, because we mentioned it before, I might as well mention it, but it, I think it connects to this point. Like, there's the, the difficult bit about connecting the artistry, the aesthetics, with the mechanics, because this is a video game. Like, I, I asked myself this question yes. while playing this, like, why is this a video game? Why am I playing this? Why am I not <laughs> watching this or listening to this, you know? And that's generally quite a flippant question. Um, of like, oh, why yeah. is this a video game or something? But like, if the game pu pushes you, 
to feel that question, then maybe you should listen to it. Uh, from my point of view, I was like, if the game is making me ask this, then it's because I'm not liking something about it, isn't it? Uh, or I have issues with this or that during this game. And that can be okay. I mean, I think we should... Con Sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. I think we should continually... Um, I think we should continually ask ourselves, why is this a thing? Why is that a thing? Because I believe we talked about... I don't know if it was on a podcast or one of one of our private conversations, but um, I I can go on quite a bit about what is like the strict permeable border between this or that, a movie and this, and and our understanding of art and our what we desire from it, what we find captivating, what we find interesting, what we want to see more of, relies upon. Uh, it's not fully determined by, but definitely relies partially upon our understanding of it and how we uh, how we conceptualize it. So I think this question of why is this a video game is a very is always an important one. It's just too bad that uh, <laughs> okay, this is once again my opinion and my value judgment, but uh, I do think that same question. I think you were trying to get at this a little bit. Uh, feel free to tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> But this question is asked, indeed, in a very flippant way by a lot of people who are like trying to be dismissive. Yes. Uh, about a thing, and no matter if it's you know, no matter what kind of art it is. Yeah, it, it's often used indeed to dismiss like a lot of ideas or visions a, a, a game or whatever might present, and it's like, oh, why is this thing? Why is not? Why is not another thing? But at the same time, when those type of people quote-unquote, um, try to say that or be like that. It is very distinct from how I mean it. So, like, so why is it again? Like, like, let's try to explore it. Let's try to create some depth with, uh, in this, with this. Like, try to get a broader understanding of it. And inadvertently, which is, like, why I love art, is a very selfish reason, because art, I think surprise surprise can also tell you a lot about yourself if you have a more retrospective reflective experience um with uh with witnessing and to use a bad word consuming art if you will and this this game uh, once again well like i said well like we said a couple times now it's it's whenever i try to get a more reflective more in-depth understanding of it it didn't meet me halfway or yeah it didn't like offer that up to me and maybe it's my mistake once again maybe it, it wasn't at all trying to be anything more than it is and the black pool like you mentioned is just grief and the world that is broken is just grief and the progression and the sighing is just Grief and the colors coming back is just the absence of grief. And I, okay, well that's that's <laughs> fine. I guess that's sure. It's I will say it's mercifully short. The game, so yeah. No, no, uh, I wasn't saying anything. I, I, I joked. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I joked earlier with Frank about I'm gonna have to try and not talk about Journey, <laughs> the game Journey, which is like I said earlier, and this is like Journey Absu. Like those games, definitely meet me more halfway. I think. Yeah, agreed. Because they are very similar in what the themes that we just mentioned: fallen worlds. Yeah. Moving through it, uh, she even has the same 
she has the same bottom part of the dress as the guy in Journey. Only the, the people in Journey have it uh, atop of their head as well. Yes. And uh, Chris doesn't. Whatever uh, did her name you, is, Jake well, Chris. as a brief, brief aside, you manage to check like the extras when you finish the game because you get access to like some concept art. No, um, it's interesting. No, I, they really simplified. <laughs> no, it's like just something I noticed because I'm interested in that kind of thing. They really simplified her own design, but she had a more well detailed and well more decorated dress. So they really oh. wanted that minimalism and that toning down of a lot of things. And I think in some aspects it's successful, but in others, not so much. Yeah, I must be careful not to get into minimalism here myself, because otherwise this will be a long podcast. But um, I'm not a huge fan of it in general. It's It has gotten a very bad rap because rich people like it. Yeah. And once again, um, the the equivalent of a thing that rich people like should not always be confused with the thing original or what it originally was. <laughs> True. Because they always appropriate it and misuse it and like make it gross. With people, um, I'm very opinionated myself, but there are people who outdo me in that regard with saying like, if you like minimalism, you're a fascist. I'm like, okay, well, hmm, okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit insensitive, I feel. Once again, you can like what you like. If you, and minimalism can definitely work in like an aesthetical sense. It's just sad that at the same time, rich people are promoting minimalism as in you not having nice things. But anyway, that's might do a, a separate podcast on that with someone who understands art a little bit better. Sure. Um, it's um, not a separate podcast, separate, uh, separate, not, a, not another podcast, please, no. Um, it's, <laughs> I mean, in a separate episode, I mean, on, uh, well, anyway. With someone who, who has a bit more of an academic understanding of art, but more yeah. like aesthetics and uh, architecture. But it's, yeah, no, this sense of minimalism, it's, that's, I don't know if it's that much a thing in games. I think games very luckily have a much more maximalist approach to yeah. pick its opposite. Yeah, I, I um, think like it's, which, in terms of experience, it's very difficult and like, you know, we were talking about, I think we were talking about this before we started recording, um, but, you know, the way that you fill the world or not, like, where do you leave gaps, where do you leave silence, and, like, what biggest example is other than Shadow of the Colossus, where it's this big, fucking empty, beautiful world, and, you know, in between the, these colossus, colossi, colossus, I don't know, uh, English yeah. is weird yeah. as fuck. Um, <laughs> interpretation from Latin or Greek is weird as fuck. Oh though. yeah, and <laughs> I it, it it's a difficult thing. Like to try not stray too far from grace. Like how much do you like again? It, it goes back to that effect. Like how much do you want people to connect or not, or just read or just see this and like um and to me, Grace's world feels very closed off. That's like, okay, you, you see it, but you don't really experience it because you don't have that many connecting points. Like, why should I care about this place? Why should I care about these ruins? Why should I care about this, that, or the other? And again, this type of question can be quite flippant, but I think it's like, to think of like the craft or, or like the work or the effort of like writing, creating, designing, it's like, yeah, you need to think about about the fact this is going to be played or this is going to be engaged or going to be read or watched 
so why why this or why that like it, it goes back to what you were saying leon it's like to interrogate these different elements and like other than a, a, an incredible and unique aesthetics and a good sound design and a good soundtrack and all that like why is this game the way that it is and frankly i can't quite answer that which is quite frustrating yes. and quite sad for me but like i don't know i, I think to to not at least for me uh, so i don't keep on hammering on the same things forever uh i sort of draw the my my final point on this here that's like i i like this game i think it's good and i recommend it but i don't like it as much as i'd like to i i wish i'd like it more but i have some fundamental problems with it and i i, I think that the aesthetics don't quite connect with the mechanics which is always a big problem, and I, and I can't connect with whatever with the story that there is or isn't, and I I just and the level design sometimes again with that mechanic element, I think lets lets the player down, um, both in a sense of like, oh can I stand here? Can I walk this? Oh I can't. Oh I'm supposed to. Oh right this. Okay okay now I know. Um, and then it's like in, in one of like the final levels where it's like okay you do a thing in in like the there's a central area there's a path to the left and a path to the right and you go, you need to go to both paths and return to the middle and then it's like oh big towering thing you climb up only to find you need to go back to the left and back to the right again and then it's like to, so you can do the thing that you acquired the skill you acquired in the middle and I just found that awful. That that irritated me. Yep. Um, but <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a really pretty game. It's good. I I, I like to. I don't know what else they did, or, or if they have any other games or plans and things. But I, I I think there's definitely potential there. But for me, the mechanics don't get there, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, worth I... talking about. Even like games where you know you see the stuff that works, the stuff that don't, and the stuff that we generally, when thinking or when playing, don't think works for us either. I guess I'm left grieving about the Chris that could have been. Hey, that's, that's <laughs> flipping so... off, yeah. <laughs> yes, that is. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's a great closing thought, and uh, I don't really have anything else to say because Frank already said exactly how I feel. We feel. <laughs> Uh, accidentally very similar <laughs> about it yet again <laughs> despite us not having written down a lot of notes so we could peer into each other's thoughts beforehand so i'm, I'm happy to see that um, it, it makes me feel a little bit more com uh, comforted with um, my lack of like any insightful thoughts or visions or perspectives or whatever like generate any insights yeah uh, the lack of that i'm very comforted by because i'm happy that if frank uh, doesn't do it either and then I feel like okay well it's definitely not just me it's someone like I deeply uh, value and intellectually respect does it as well okay thank god um, even if we were both wrong then at least we were both wrong like you know yeah. it's, that is very that's legitimately very comforting for me so um, yeah so. We, we made that a topic of discussion like in, in a sense like yeah we feel this way why and you know trying yeah. to explain and elaborate on it and like other ways in other games that like yeah have given this connection to us like uh journey is it's about the journey it's in the title and it succeeds like it's just i think journey is 
wonderful in doing exactly what it wants to do. And an Abzu, which uh, I'll admit, I didn't finish Abzu, but that was more a question of preference. Like, oh, I'm not, it's not the thing I want to play right now. But like it, it succeeded. It's like, yeah, this is excellent. Uh, of just like, yeah, this is what is it succeeds on what it's trying to do. And I'm not both not sure what Gris was trying to do, and I don't know, not having enjoyed that the experience that much. Definitely no. Um, yeah, I've been holding myself back not to talk. Like I said, but not to talk about a journey in Absu, <laughs> and which does I do like having done having done this episode now because. Oh yeah. It opens the door for me to talk about absolute and journey in a more meaningful way. Oh yeah. To like, you know, I'm happy that we got to talk about what we got to talk about uh, now for our audience as well to understand us a little bit better, and why we might like a absolute or journey more, which does feel a bit unfair because journey does stand on this pedestal within this very specific subgenre, which I'm not quite sure how to call. Like I would call it like. Uh, the aesthetical exploration, the emotional aesthetic exploration of a video <laughs> game that Absu and Journey and um, I think Gris attemptedly are trying to hone in on quite a bit. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that this is at least a stepping stone to maybe to, to uh, some other video games that do, in my humble opinion, succeed a little bit more in areas that I wanted Greece, Gris to succeed as well. Greece, Christ. Okay, anyway, uh, that, that, that's, a, that's a sign that, 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 that I've said enough for today, I think. That's, um, if I say Greece instead of Gris. Well, I will, as a, a final point on this, like, uh, again, this is, this can be dickish of me, why is the game called Gris? <laughs> I don't know, actually. Um, yeah. You can tell I didn't do a lot of research beforehand into this one. I'm really sorry, dear audience. But um, yeah, no, that is uh, maybe, once again, I, the first thing that I think about, which I don't have any evidence to support it in any way, shape, or form, but I thought maybe it's like something that's important to, I thought maybe it's a composition of letters of like the developers maybe or something, or someone that's dear to them, because once again, it's exploration of grief, so maybe they explored some... Uh, it's a name of or nickname to someone they have lost for sometimes. I I don't know. Yeah, it, again, it, it's one of those things. Like why? On the other hand, um, because I knew this before the game came out, and uh, when the game came out, it's like ah, you know what Abzu is? It's the god of uh, ah, Be uh, Babylonian god. I yes, believe? Babylonian god of water. Yeah, it's like fresh water, like uh, that kind of thing, like this reference to water and, and like uh yeah which you know is like yeah okay this is cool uh but grace you know it, it's like another thing every avenue that we'd want to connect with this game we've not been able to uh so yes yeah oh well still an important that's a very somber thought to end the episode on oh, yeah <laughs> <I'm> sorry but <laughs> like I, <laughs> But, yeah. like, an important discussion to have on like when things don't work out as well and the result is still good but you know it could always be better and it's like it's important to draw out the imperfections and it's like yeah this is what worked but this is where it could do better and that is also an important discussion to have like um, although hopefully we won't play and I, I don't think this is the case uh, don't play too many bad games uh, same with reading bad stuff uh, but that stuff is important every once in a while to sort of just like, you know, the the boss baby equivalent. 
Oh god. <laughs> you you are trying to herald that way. Okay. <laughs> well, sure. Uh, well, yeah, I agree. All that to say, like, and this is not. I don't want to compare the two, but you know, it's these discussions can still be important. It's like, yeah, you know, making us think about narrative, making us think about representation, making us think about this connection of elements in a video game, and so on and so on. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a good closing thought. Um, for those, I I don't know when the next episode is going to be released. Yeah. Either for, um, well, I do know the the, the last page one is is um, as of time of recording is coming up. It's probably it's already released by the um, time this comes out. Definitely, definitely. Um, because of that, I don't know when the next episode of. Let's just say for the month of December, <laughs> since it's uh, a holiday month for. A bunch of different people yeah um we might have something extra yes for uh for the already audience i don't know when you will hear us but if <laughs> just in case even though it's, it's very early but you do have to think about it in uh in, in monthly schedule as yeah a, as a monthly podcast if you don't hear uh, us from uh uh, until your respective holidays, then uh, happy holidays, I guess, <laughs> for those. Uh, yeah, if this is if you don't hear us until after the holidays. Yeah, that's like which, the next HBM um, episode will probably be released before the holidays. I'm gonna. I'm definitely. I'm gonna aim for that. I mean, given the you time of recording, we will have plenty of time. Oh yes, it's it's me editing it, Frank. So well, uh, shut I mean, up. It's, um, <laughs> it's no, no, I'm kidding. But uh, in also in all seriousness, just in case, yeah. Uh, happy holidays! Happy I holidays. Guess. Uh, we will definitely, you will definitely hear from us before New New Year. Oh so yeah, the Gregorian New Year, if you will. The, um, <laughs> the wrong. Year. No, it's kidding. Um, one of um, the New Years. Yeah, so one of the many years. Some have been in September already. It's just. Someone just favor former thinking and other people can't help it. Anyway, so it's um long story short. Thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for being here. See you soon. Yeah, hopefully we'll we'll see you soon. Yeah, in order to make up for this, uh maybe in December we have something extra for you guys. Whee! We'll uh we'll see. But uh take care, everyone. Yeah. And uh see you in December. See you soon.